It's the 56th episode of Probably Bad Podcast, and that's my favorite number. Hooray! Thanks to Hedwig and Carlo for making this all possible, and all our other lovely patrons. Hello, welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. Today's probably bad RPG idea is every super in the world has control over an elemental force. Sadly, each element can only be controlled by one person. And your PCs arrived late, so they have to make do with things like styrofoam and Big Macs. So I was the one who made this idea. But also I unironically love it. It sounds amazing. You just have like the option of like creative uses of Oh, I can control pocket lint, and you have to figure out useful things too. Like you can listen in on anyone's pocket because, like, you sort of sense through the pocket lint. Yeah, I I did pick this one specifically because we did do that one mutants and masterminds game, <laughs> which had characters with control over things like yarn and earthworms. Yeah, like this. Because, like, you know, you got fireballs. It's pretty obvious what you're going to do in each fight. You're going to throw some fireballs. Mm-hmm. And maybe if you're feeling creative, you're going to set some of the environment on fire. But, like, a giant killbot is heading towards you, and you have specifically the ability to control discarded crisp wrappers. What are you going to do? Because, like, most of these elements are, like, you know... You can control, like, trash, and it's like, okay, fine, ha, ha, ha. But also, there's a lot of trash around. There really is. Plus, you can make more of it. Like, yeah. you just carry some stuff around in your bag. Hmm. Like, yeah, oh, you there's, there's somehow no trash around here. I'm going to open this suite, this suite, and suddenly there's a wrapper. <laughs> yeah, like, you could def- like, there's definitely creative things of, like, yeah, I can control um, the smooth taste of Pepsi. It's time for me to, like, get as many cans as Pepsi in. You can make that into some kind of, like, advertising um, deal with Pepsi. See, I think the problem with that one is that you specified you could only control the taste of Pepsi. Yeah, that one might be harder. But I'm sure there's some So you have to make the flavour of Pepsi something poisony. Hmm. And then feed it to the big bad and hope that they just like psychosomatically die of Pepsi poison. Yeah, every time I eat some like smell almonds, I just immediately assume it's uh, arsenic and die. Is it arsenic or cyanide that smell like po- almonds? The point is, I immediately die. I mean, that's the thing. If if they don't know the chemistry of the poisons, you can just be like, ah. You, you know that vague citrusy taste in the back of your throat when you swallow it? That's cyanide! To which effect, you don't actually need the power to change the taste of Pepsi for this. You just need a big bad to be really, really dumb. That's true. I mean, like, that, that makes everything easier. They just hand them Pepsi and they drink it and go, just so you know, that wasn't Pepsi, that was strictine. And they're like, fuck. And then they just die. Strictine is my favourite poison. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that wrong. But also, they don't know that. They're a dumbass. And you're like, what's strict? That's a very dangerous poison. Oh, okay. Guess I'll die. It's it's like strychnine, but worse. Yeah. It's, it's like strychnine, but it's a teenage one. So it's, you know, even worse. <laughs>
I, I like the idea of strictine as just the angst, the angsty poison. Yeah. You drink it and you suddenly realise that your parents don't understand you. So, yeah, I feel like what we've learned here is this is a great plan as long as your big bad just is really dumb. Mm-hmm. I think... Also, I do like the idea of, like, Big Macs being a fundamental element of creation. Because that's, like, what an element is. It's one of the fundamental things the universe is made of. I like how you're quibbling Big Macs but not styrofoam. I mean, you know, everything's made of styrofoam. You get down you get down on a fundamental level of reality and we're just the packaging that uh, the proper universes are wrapped in. Do you like the idea of, like, having the power to control elements but instead of, you know, earth, wind and fire, it's like, I can control platinum. I remove it from... <laughs> from the transformer in your car so hmm. that it pollutes really badly and is easier to follow. Like it's if you're the transformer. I don't know cars. Uh no, it's the thing that makes it turn into turn into a giant man. Oh um yeah. like it, as long as your players like chemistry and for disclaimer, I do not know shit about chemistry. I got three percent in a chemistry exam at college. Um that's impressive in its own I, way. I don't even know what a chemical is. Like, I am the person who would drink the Pepsi and go, oh, no, that might have been arsenic. I literally have no way of knowing and then keel over dead. I'm the big bad in this situation. But if your players do know things about chemistry and aren't me, um, you could probably do a lot of interesting things with, like, actual element vendors. I'm sure the idea has been come up with by people who know what they're talking about. I'm just thinking about how the human body is a very delicate balance. Like, mm. you know, there's a little bit of gold in the human body. If you have the power to control gold, could you could you remove that from the human body and just kill the the person in a really confusing way? Yeah, I mean, like, you could easily have a bunch of, like, element vendors and it would just be, like, kind of, what can we remove from the human body and what will happen? Carbon bender's probably going to have the best chance. Mm, although oxygen would be less horrific. Yeah. Please write in to say whether you'd rather die from having all of the carbon in your body removed or all of the oxygen in your body removed. Specific, yeah, specifically, send us a message on Tumblr, genuinely. What element would you remove from the human body in order to kill someone? And when we, if we know. get... And if we get a thousand patrons, we will do this. I am trying to work out... Because styrofoam, it's kind of obvious how you'd kill someone with controlling that, because you can just suffocate them. Yeah. But once it's once the digestive process has begun, is it still elemental Big Mac? I feel like I feel like you know there'll be a stage where it's in the stomach, but it's still like recognizable. The big man. No, because you start digesting the bread as soon as you take a bite. There's stuff in your saliva that digests the yeah, but I mean, bread. yeah, it's still it, it will still be recognizable as partially digested Big Mac. Uh, and at that point, you just make it grow really big. Did you say make it grow really big? Yeah. 
I guess it kind of depends on who's running the game, because I'm not sure that I would allow something that had even just been digested by saliva to still count as Elemental Big Mac. Yeah, I I think I'd allow it as long as someone would look at it and go, okay, that's, you know, mushed up Big Mac, as opposed to that's just a pile of sugars and carbohydrates. So you maybe do a poll, like an independent polling beforehand, the pictures yeah. of Big Macs at various stages of digestion and say, is this recognisably a yeah. Big Mac? Um, if you're having problems in your game with rules interpretation, have an independent study of like 10,000, a sample size of like several hundred uh, to decide what people think. Do this every time. You revised that down real quick. I did. I suddenly realised that's a really big number. <laughs> um, like ten people, five, one person, maybe, maybe no people. Maybe just whisper it to an empty room. Important question: hmm. Is it just Big Macs or is it burgers? I feel in this context, it's just Big Macs. Like maybe you have two people. One of whom can control any burger, like, you know, regardless who makes it. And one who could specifically control McDonald's food and their arch enemies. I think there is also the question of there's apparently a lot of burger places in Ireland just because they can get away with it because of people's names that are called Big Macs. Mm. Can you be able to those burgers? Like, is this person especially powerful in Ireland? I feel yes, because I like the idea of like the big bad tracks them down, and it's like, haha, there's no McDonald's in this small Irish town, and then they're like, well, that's what you think, and flick their fingers, and Big Mac's cooking just throws itself out of the window and hits the big bad in the face. They'll never see it coming. Question: Can they control Big Mac himself? I mean, he would be classified as a Big Mac. Yeah. So I guess I guess it's whether it, like, like well, big... whatever capricious spirit has made this rule, like mm. of of the universe. Do they go by name or by structure? I like the idea of having the power to turn anything into a Big Mac. Well, just just because this always also comes becomes a problem with the styrofoam that's in the idea, yeah. because that's a brand name. Yeah, I mean, Can like control a lot of... all polystyrene or just styrofoam brand styrofoam. I think okay. So here's my idea for a character: is um, someone who worked for styrofoam uh, the company mm-hmm. and is trying to expand their business so that all like. Plastic packaging is made by styrofoam so they can control it all. And then they will become a god and rule over the world. Makes sense. Like, you know. That's the big bad, presumably, yeah? Yeah, the big bad is Timmy Styrofoam. Ah, the son of the founder of of Styrofoam. Yeah, they've rebranded their own name to be Styrofoam so they can control themselves and fly. I do like these weirdly linguistic loophole superpowers. Honestly, there should be more of them. Superhero media has got stale. Like an old Big Mac. I can control anything where the first vowel is an E. <laughs> oh no, you could control me. 
I have discovered it. Mr. Paper's real name. <laughs> Feel free to send in your best guesses for this very small ARG we're now doing. <laughs> but yeah, I can. Yeah, this is this is how I'm still allowed to stay in the podcast. Um, I'm using my bow powers. I can control anything which is impossible to directly translate into French. I actually really like... Control anything French. Huh? Control anything French. I can control everything in France, but as soon as it crosses the boundaries, it just... I think, because, like, you know, superpowers are always somewhat conceptual, like, I can control dolls, but not porcelain kind of thing. <laughs> so, why not just utterly conceptual ones? I can control anything that at least two million people have a phobia of. I can control anything that this four-year-old can name. <laughs> like, is it the, like, does the power continue as the four-year-old gets older? No, as soon as the four-year-old ages, it goes to a new four-year-old with the same birthday. But you're just you're just sent a new four-year-old every year. You don't know who's sending them, but they do seem tied to your powers. <laughs> there's a very there's a <laughs> deconstruction of superheroes in the sense of you know the kind of deconstruction where it's just what if people were being sent four-year-olds in boxes. I do like, and I feel it would. I do like in a kind of RPG kind of idea, someone who can control what genre the game is in. Because in Mutants and Masterminds, because you got you know the Golden Age of Comics, the Silver Age of Comics, the Iron Age of Comics, and so forth, and it has different rules for like playing in those different areas. So if you're playing in the Iron Age, attacks do more damage because uh, everyone's murdering the shit out of each other. Whereas if you're playing in the Silver Age, uh, you can't do lethal damage because, you know, it's a Silver Age comic and no one ever actually dies. And I do like the other character who can change what rule system is be, which of those rule modes is being used for each game. That would be pretty wild. It'd be really obnoxious for the GM. Could they apply different rule sets to different people? Like, I, I personally have Iron Age attacks. You have Silver Age attacks. I hope so. Like, and also everyone obviously visit, visibly changes. So, like, when they use the Iron Age power on you, you look like you got huge muscles and a bunch of pouches over you, whereas they're drawn in four colours. The whole outfit just gets subtly more sexual and grimdark. Yeah. I have the power to specifically make other people's costumes sexier. I think what we've got done this this uh I think what we've done this week is just got a list of cool superpowers. Yes, play our new idea is play a game where all of these suggestions are characters, including the four year olds. Yeah. I have the power to summon four year olds. It's not useful, but it sure is like a power. Human shield? Yeah, I guess, but I feel that stops you being a superhero very quickly. Like, I can't, I can't see I Superman. You were the hero. 
I can't see Superman continuing to hang out with you with your costume made of four-year-olds. <laughs> I also do like if powers that are too big to be useful. Like, yes, I have the power to make the sun explode. I can only do it once. Didn't you have a magic item in a game once that could, like, make the moon crash into the world? Yes, I did, yes. Uh, it was a problem, because on the one hand, it's really useful, but on the other hand, is that completely useless? Like, yeah, I have the power to just make the moon, yeah, I have the power to just make the sun go supernova and crash the moon into the earth. Mm -hmm. It will destroy everything, no, no saving throw, including me. So give me a free um, pie. Courtesy of our editor. One rock falls, everyone dies. Yeah. I, th I think that's maybe the hint that we should move on to questions. Just, the guy who's the supervillain who's just got, like, you know, continent-leveling powers and uses it to extort minor innkeepers out of pies. Not even so, money. Just pie. They never had pies growing up as a kid. And now they just desperately want to enjoy the pies they were deprived of when they were young. And oh, so they can sink islands beneath the waves. like it. This is like Thanos-level powers and Dr. Doofenshmirtz's backstory. Yeah. Their parents weren't at their birth because they were too busy eating pies that they then never shared with them. No, they have an insatiable... I think I've got a backstory for the Hostess Pies advertising supervillains. <laughs> so there we go. We finally solved that mystery. Yeah. Hi, I'm Hazel, and I make a podcast with Liz called Bread and Thread, which you might enjoy if you are a fan of food or clothes or other interesting parts of domestic history. We find out interesting facts about things like regional foods, ancient breeds of sheep, um, pretty much anything domestic history. So if you'd like to know why it's illegal to import a sheep into Iceland and what was presented by Queen Victoria to Harriet Tubman, then you might want to check out Bread and Thread. Find us at Bread and Thread on Twitter or Find us everywhere podcasts exist. <laughs> right, our first question is anonymous. Which dice are the most delicious to eat? I feel like you could get, like, this may be the obvious answer, but a D100 gobstopper must be a thing. Yeah. Like, I think D4s, D4s would be too painful to eat because they'd be, like, sharp. Mm -hmm. I think D6s, like, you know, they're a bit of a cliche, but there's a reason why some, like, you know, cliches, are, like, they won't be offensive to anyone. Like, there'll be no one who's like, yeah, I hate D6s. I can definitely see it being satisfying to just crunch down on one. Yeah, like, they're, they're sort of, they're sort of the safe choice. Like, you know, if you give someone some D6s to eat, it might not be their favourite, but no one's going to go... But we weren't asked what the safest choice is. Yeah, I think the problem is we're, we're talking more about what would be 
acceptable. Yeah, that's fair. Um, would be most delicious. So I, in that case, I'm going to say D12 because you know a lot of people don't like D12s. Um, so it's a bit of a risky thing to serve. Mm-hmm. But they are sort of like you know the delicacy of dice. Like you know you're always using D20s, D6s, and D10s, and D4s. Like they're a bit rarer, but you know they come up reasonably often. But you very rarely use a D12. So yeah, they're like the de- delicacy. Okay, so D12 is like the dice you get at a fancy restaurant, whereas D6 yeah, like, you know, is a microwave meal. Yeah, D20 is like, you know, your standard your standard meal. D4, D, D6 is uh, the, the pot noodle of dice. And D12 is you splash out and you go to a fancy restaurant and like, here, sir, your D12s. And then you crunch them down like a little goblin in your fancy suit. I mean, if you really want a delicacy, maybe we need to look outside of standard D and D. Yeah, that's like, true. What about the D thirty six? Yeah, the D thirty six is definitely like the equivalent of like you know, one of those fancy truffles. Mm. Uh, most people, yeah, like most people won't ever have one, but it's probably really delicious. I assume I've never had a fancy truffle. You have a plate of like maybe D tens with some grated D thirty six on top. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you can't eat a full D36. I do feel like, though, we're missing the obvious answer. Mm. D8. A. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's your thought. Yeah. There we go. Mystery solved. It's either the D36 or a wacky pun. Um, so the other question that we have today, um, yeah, I, I put these two questions together because I thought one would be short and one would be a bit longer. Um, dumb question time, or rather a challenge. What do you think the stat block of a planet would look like? Bonus if you distinguish between moons, rocky worlds, and gas giants. I think a planet would be a druid. Because of the power of nature? Yes. Also because I like to live a planet being able to shapeshift into a totally normal bird. <laughs> um, I'm bored of having people on me now. Goodbye. This is your new plot point in your next campaign, is persuading the Earth not to turn into a bird. But yes, I feel like high strength and high uh, constitution, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think very high intelligence, just because I like the idea. I mean, you might as well make it eldritch if you're doing a stat block for a planet. Yeah. I think no wisdom, though, in that it hasn't already banished the humans from it. I mean, also no wisdom because it doesn't have any ability to perceive the outside world. What I'm saying is all planets are sentient, but like they just have no ability to express it. That makes me a little bit sad. Like, it has all of this useless knowledge, but no way to actually apply it. Yeah, uh, planets... Are... Me as a six-year-old. It's me right now. Um... Yeah, all planets are fully sentient. Um... I feel like... I think they have very high dexterity, because they are going very fast. They're going very fast, but not under their own control is the thing. I mean, that's what we assume. 
Maybe planets just really like running in big circles. And we've mistaken that for a fundamental force. Yeah, and at some point, like, one of the planets is like, wait, no, I'm tired now, and then just sits there and has a little nap, and all of the astronomers are like, what the fuck's going on? Maybe that's what black holes are. They're planets' bedrooms. Hmm. New disaster scenario of the planet just going right and tired now and then just beelining to the nearest black hole and everyone having to persuade it it should stay up a little bit longer. What would planets drink for coffee? Um, the sun. That's what the sun's there for. <laughs> I guess it is hot. And then it's like, oh no, it's gone to like drink. The sun, this is worse. <laughs> Basically, what you need to do is very precisely manage your planet's like tiredness and awakeness to stop it either careening into a black hole for a little nap or going into the sun for a little pick-me-up. What you do is you dig a really big hole and you just keep pouring coffee into it. So, so the the world can just absorb the coffee. Yeah. I think. Yeah, we've we've covered good plot, a uh, good campaign here that in no way um, answers the question. Well, I feel like we've we've established it pretty well for rocky worlds. Mm. But they do also mention gas giants. Yeah, gas giants are the himbos of the, the solar system. Like, they have very low intelligence, but very high charisma. And that's why everything orbits them. I mean, they are also just very pretty. Yeah. Yeah, so gas giants are the himbos of the, uni of the, of the solar system. Um, yeah, they, you also need to stop them going over to just, like, flirt with the other planets, which would probably be really bad to put a life on those other planets. You need to persuade Jupiter that Earth's not into it before it comes over. But and presumably because Jupiter is so sexy and charismatic, you do also have to convince Earth that Jupiter's not into it. Like, yes, oh, you it's, have. It's just leading you on. Yeah, you're having yeah, there's been an unfortunate romance blossoming between Earth and Jupiter. Um and this could be really bad for life on Earth and I guess life on Jupiter. So um you should do something about that. You need to break up Earth and Jupiter. Before, before they, they smooth and everyone suffocates. Yeah. I do really like this setting where all of the planets are sentient and we've just got to persuade them not to do things that destroy the life on them. Like, you need to keep getting the Earth to keep orbiting rather than, like, deciding to see what it's like over in the Oort cloud. Are asteroids also sentient in this setting? Are they like planetary goblins? I feel asteroids are like planetary animals, so they're just running around barking and occasionally they're like, ooh, treat, treat, and run towards one of the planets to, to hang out. But you know when a cat goes goes up to you and just starts nudging you with his head in order to get food. Yeah. Like that. Does that make moons domesticated asteroids? They just keep hanging around near the planet? Yes. Yeah. Moons are your moons are your pets. Um 
sometimes when you look up, uh, the moon is wagging its tail. Horrifying. It's just like... So the issue is the Earth keeps trying to, like, launch bits of itself into space to play catch with the, with the moon, and you need to persuade it not to do that. It's like, oh no, that's Moscow. We need that. <laughs> and the Earth is like, nope, off you go, play fetch. And, and the moon is very happy, and the Earth is very happy, and the people on Earth are not very happy. Uh, they're actually well, quite... If the moon is well-trained, it will bring Moscow back eventually. Yeah. But, like, I feel like the people in Moscow might not have had a good time. Also, I'm not sure how well-trained the, the moon is. Like, it's quite a bit bigger than a lot of other, anim- lots, lots of other uh, moons. But it does play dead every 28 days. That is true. Yeah, uh, the, moon, the moon's waxing and waning is just various tricks that, like, the Earth has taught it. You could also turn people into werewolves. That's another neat trick it knows. I, was, I thought that that was the, the misbehaviour that it still needs training out <laughs> of. Like, hit it with a giant solar system newspaper. It's like, no, bad moon, stop it. You need to convince the Earth to train the moon better so it stops creating werewolves. That's what that song Bad Moon Rising is about. Yeah. There's a bad moon rising and it's not going to get any treats until it stops it. This, yeah, this presumably makes the asteroid belt and the Oort cloud like, you know, the wilderness of the solar system. Yeah. It's just Which is kind world. of true. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there we go. We've learned, we've learned a lot today. Um, <laughs> the sun, I don't know if the sun is sentient. I think, I guess the sun well, is... We've the established the sun as a cup of coffee. Yeah. I guess the sun is the equivalent of a plant in that it's like you know, feeding everyone, but it's specifically a coffee plant that grows coffee. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how you get coffee. Uh, cups of coffee grow on plants. And then you drink them. To be fair, human coffee does require the sun to grow. Yeah. That proves it. Exactly. Every planet has coffee thanks to the sun. Uh, if you land on Mars, you will notice lakes of coffee. Uh, NASA won't tell you about them. Well, they they say there isn't liquid water. They don't say anything about instant coffee. So just, I just let it. Yeah, there's no liquid water on on Mars. There is admittedly large lakes of vanilla milkshake, but we were look <laughs> we were looking for water, so we didn't consider that relevant. Oh, this is all turning back into Feast of Legends. <laughs> I can't believe that Feast of Legends takes place on Mars. The Mars rover lands down and looks around and it's just like this kingdom of people made of burgers and milk and it's just like, yeah, no water here. <laughs> it's just a little robot. It's It does what it's been programmed to do. <laughs> I haven't found any water, just dozens of life forms. I think, um, I'd like to think Mars and the Mars rovers are friends. We can't prove they're not. Mars is probably quite lonely, I feel. Because it used to have life, and now it does not. And so it is, like, sad. Maybe because it went to go get get a cup of coffee. Don't make me feel sad for a planet. 
and now it's got little robots on it. It's like, yay. Uh, so new idea. We send our Mars rovers over. And um, and then we try and bring them back. But Mars is like, no, these are mine now. I'm going to give them sentience and they're going to build a little robot civilization. Okay, we're, we're back to cute instead of sad now. I'm okay now. Yeah, and the Mars is, and yeah, so there's that little robot civilization on Mars. Every time a robot lands on Mars, um, Mars gives it sentience and has it set up its little, little uh, Mars uh, kingdom. There was a Mars rover that landed on Mars, as, as they all want to do. That is, that is a common thing they do. Um, and it was obviously programmed to avoid dangerous situations, so it didn't immediately careen off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And it just registered the entirety of Mars as a dangerous situation and refused to move until they reset it. And I don't know, I really like that Mars rover of just lands on Mars, looks around and just screams until we switch its brain off. You ruined a perfectly good robot. You gave it anxiety. <laughs> yeah, so Mars is a civilization of anxiety-ridden Mars rovers, all given sentience by Mars, who wants to, like, rebuild its long-extinct biosphere. On that note, we have a Patreon. If you'd like yeah. to contribute to rebuilding the biosphere of Mars, it's it's a long-term stretch goal, but... Yeah, if we get six billion patrons um but yeah what you can do is get access to bonus episodes including two different feast of legends games because we're gluttons for punishment um and also some good content and also homebrew which includes i think this month was the rubber duck themed dragon for reasons yeah uh, the best also, kind of dragon. There's also a patron-exclusive Discord server where we sometimes play one-shots and talk about games and things. Our reward is friends. Yeah. We, ha- we have, like, I consider some of our patrons friends at this point. I consider all of Friends before they became patrons. I consider all of my patrons mortal enemies come at me. <laughs> Um, yeah, if you have a question, you can message Bad probably on Twitter, probably Bad RPG Ideas on Tumblr, or probably Bad Podcast at gmail.com, where you can also just yell at us about how bad we are at astrophysics, I guess, if you really want to. We won't pay attention, but you can. Hmm. Uh, if you if you want to argue that our claim that planets are sentient life forms that are constantly persuaded to avoid throwing themselves into black holes for a little nap, um, I regret to inform you that is the latest scientific consensus. So on that note, remember, remember to have, to have a probably bad, bad day. day.